The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, 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 beyond. Yeah, mother. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond number 504. I'm Max Scoville. I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hey, baby cakes. Jonathan Dornbush. Charmed, I'm sure. And Marty Sleva. Hey, both of those. Why? Marty. (laughs) You can't just be like, I don't like the catchphrases and then not have one of your own. You have to be like problem and solution oriented. Incredulity is my catchphrase. Classic melancholic Marty. Incredulity. Sometimes this is a PlayStation podcast where we talk about all sorts of cool games for the Sony console of our choosing. You know, they make a bunch of them. Anyway, we've what? got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, make not, one. That's, that's not even... That's Vita. Not, no, they've, they've made four. We're not now. Yeah, they make a bunch of them. Mostly focus on one of them. A whole bunch. Head on down to the store. You can get all the ones you want. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's the store? middle of the summer. There's not a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, a couple games come out. There's Pyre. There's Fortnite. There's Sundered. Uh, somebody bought a thesaurus. And they're, they're <laughs> video game developers. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, who's Who played what? Let's talk about Sundered. Uh, So Sundered is a new game that just launched this week. It's a sort of procedurally generated Metroidvania buzzwords. What does that mean? Well, so, well, okay, so I'll put it this way. So it's a kind of a hack and slash 2D game. It's got sort of rogue light elements to it in that, like, you sort of head down into this deep, kind of weird Turkish cavern. And kill what I believe are cyborg bugs, and then collect their orbs, and then bring them back up to this guy who's got a very thick Tunisian accent. So what you're telling me is it's a video game. It definitely is. It certainly is. Uh, Turkish or Tunisian? I'm making stuff up here. It's not real. This is not real. I'm lying. That's what I'm doing. So no, you go you go downstairs in the basement of the video game. You kill bad guys, and you collect all these orbs, and uh-huh. bring them back up, and you level up this gigantic skill tree. And that's pretty much the entire focus and the crux of this game. Okay, is getting more powerful. Right? And the thing is, like, each time you die, you restart from the beginning, but with all of the skills yeah. and experience yeah. and everything. So. so it's a little more forgiving than... It's like I, a Souls game. Like, you don't have yeah. to go back down and retrieve your souls for, you know, penalty of possibly not to. So what I'm realizing as I age into oblivion on planet Earth is that I prefer roguelites over roguelikes because okay. of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They are forgiving enough to sort of be like, hey, you get to keep some stuff. You don't start from zero at the beginning. You know, it's it's not like square bottom that's Mm -hmm. it uh but what i also realized is that i like level designs when it comes to metroidvanias and 2d platformers and that procedurally generated stuff just doesn't gel with me and i was reading reviews on this game to see yeah to see if like how it's connecting with people and people really like it and rightfully so because it's a really gorgeous game the combat's really fun and uh you're sort of doing this mix between hack and slash and this role mechanic which you know kind of like a lot of games you play nowadays leaves you sort of uh unable to get hurt during that minuscule period um and i like all that and i like i like traversal in this game Mm -hmm. and i like combat in this game and i like the art in this game but i I don't find myself connecting with video games that are procedurally generated anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because 
they're different every time, which is great for people looking for a new game every time. But they're also different every time. Sure. Which means that I can't be like, this is my favorite part when this happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's also procedurally generated video games in a scenario like this also kind of momentarily and occasionally kick you into environments that just straight up don't work. Right. You know? I mean, that's the thing is with with procedural generation is your math needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because if it isn't, then you get tossed in a room and you're like, this isn't fun. This yeah. isn't fun yeah. either well, because the design's not great, because the level, pl- the enemy placement isn't good. So yeah. it lends itself so well to roguelikes and roguelite because that's a that's an entire genre about repeating yourself yes. and yeah. about going back out there and yeah. kind of getting caught in that loop. Uh, but with Metroidvania, that is a that's a genre that is so dependent on solid level design, mm-hmm. yeah. and like having a certain level of curation and you know intention. Uh, and it just, I mean, if you kind of, you, you toss these two words up in the air and it's like, I love Metroidvanias, but procedurally generation, I'm just like, I'm, I'm cool. Thank you. Well, yeah. yeah. They, they seem almost diametrically opposed with each other. Like when you think of, when I think of Super Metroid or Castlevania Symphony of the Night, like I think of those levels being bespokely designed by, mm-hmm. by, you know, an incredible artist, right. uh, yeah. not only visually, but in terms of every nook and cranny of it uh, feeds into the mechanics that I slowly get throughout the game and the abilities and everything. And so to take that away and have some of it be random seems a bit strange. There's an intentionality to everything in that world, whereas even if the combat is super fun and you're enjoying all that, I can see how, for me, it's like I remember Castlevania games because it was, oh, I had to go this way to get to that part of the castle to do that, or the same with the Metroid game. Well, like the entire crux of Symphony of the Night is when that cool secret thing happens. I don't know if we can talk. We can talk about the inverted castle at this point. I've only played the first 20 minutes. Well, towards the end of the game, if you're you're good enough, the castle flips upside down, and I can't imagine what? that. Yeah, you play the entire. I want to do a spit take. Also, uh, Alucard backwards is Dracula. Grant Dynasty. So is race car backwards. It's yeah. race car. Same word twice. Crazy shit. <laughs> um, so the weird thing is, like, if that game had been procedurally generated, the castle would be upside down, and you'd be like. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you really messed that one up. So yeah. I don't really know how that works for. I mean, and that's and I think that like we're a lot of games are leaning into this now because it's like a cool thing to do and the tech is incredibly impressive yeah. to be able to create something yeah. that can do that on its own. But um, I don't think the lasting appeal is going to be there. I think we're enjoying these games right now, and I don't know where they'll be. And I don't mean like every procedurally generated game because mm-hmm. some games work better than others. Yeah. But I mean, so like. It's a cool game. Check out some le- some Let's Plays, some YouTube videos. Maybe it'll click with you more than it did with me. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm constantly searching for, like, the next Metroidvania that will just, like, truly grab me. And this one didn't. Mm-hmm. And so my hunt continues. Well, but- yeah. With procedure generated stuff, I think that there are there are instances where it works really well. Like Spelunky is yeah. a good yeah, example. Yeah, which just yeah. hit its five-year anniversary. Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and Rogue Legacy is another one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then there are ways you see it, like, in uh, The Guns in Borderlands, where it's just sort of like it's this bottomless pit of, like, stats and, and things and you're always that always bugged me because it's a sense of like sort of constant buyer's remorse. Yeah. You know, like you can you can spend all day at the supermarket trying to find the perfect apple, but then if you eat it, then you're like, what's the next the next best one? Yeah. Just, yeah. There's a there's a limitless amount of like kind of nuance there. Yeah. Um and it's like I think that there's a way somewhere between like Spelunky's level design and Borderlands weapon system where it's the procedural element is is in there and it it does something, but you've got sort of a more structured game crafted around mm-hmm. it. I just don't know what that looks like now. I think, I mean, you look at something like Minecraft, which totally sure, works yeah. like this, right? Because the, all the elements are are still there somewhere. I don't know if they've ever screwed up and accidentally rendered a Minecraft world that's all sand. <laughs> but I don't think so, yeah. right? Like, that would have to take, that would be like a massive glitch. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when you play that game, it's sandboxy, and there's stuff but Not everywhere. too sandboxy. Not too sandboxy. <laughs> and there's stuff everywhere, right? And you can, all the elements you need, all the, the ore and everything is, is there. Uh, and you're not really, like, you're not timed or anything like that. It's a lot slower paced. So, I, I think, obviously, it's a mechanic that can work. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily think it works for... 2D games of this nature. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm in the minority in this because this game is getting great reviews. So, mm-hmm. you know, try it out for yourself. Check out some videos. See if you like it. But yeah. um, So, on the subject of, of Minecraft, a game that also dropped, yeah. Fortnite. Which yeah. uh, I think handles procedurally generated stuff really well. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a, this a game. I'm super interested about We have, yeah. been, we have been talking about this game since 2011. 12? Yeah, when did you like guys that? first preview this game? I think uh, 1995. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like yeah. 2013. No, it's been well a over a fortnight ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very long uh, time ago. This was the first game announced running on Unreal 4. Mm-hmm. That's how old it is. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, this was, I believe, before current gen systems were even out or fully announced yet. This was a thing yeah. that Epic was kicking around, uh, and it's sort of procedurally generated crafting survival heavy zombie defense. Jeez. Does okay. that sound about right? Yeah, yep. that yeah. sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. And it's out now. They fit it. They made it. They made the game. <laughs> it's that, That's it. Yeah. You did a you did a stream for Fortnite. Yeah. I did, yeah. So yeah. we got to play with the devs. Uh, we played for about two hours. I also did the interview at E3 where they showed off. Um, it's it's a game that shows off really well. So it's the kind of thing where they, they just drop you into a level, which is procedurally generated. And the crux of this game is basically building forts, which is, like, really fun and, like, charming because the art style is kind of goofy. Yeah. And then these sort of, like, hordes of cartoon undead, kind of, like, over-the-top Left for Dead-ish Zombies and ghosts and other evil minions of the night. <laughs> <laughs> just minions. Actual minions. Yeah. Children of the night. Uh, so you go around and you break stuff and you collect sort of elements and hash them together and build uh, these kind of giant forts. And you can set down traps. You can set down springboards. There's this very cartoony element to it. There's tons of different guns and there's different classes of characters. So when you play with friends, it's really fun because it's just like all four of us could be playing at once. We all head to different corners of the earth. Uh, we, You have a sniper rifle, so we build you a sniper tower. And you can go up there and just kind of hang out. And then uh, I'm down on the ground with a melee weapon. I'm really much more boots on the ground. I want to smash dudes in the face. Mm -hmm. And then you guys are just running around with, like, shotguns and machine guns and bombs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And everyone is trying to tear down your thing. So you have this ramp, like, sort of, like, crazy element of being, like, we have to protect our base but also protect ourselves and protect each other. And... uh, the core of the base is this sort of nucleus that can't be destroyed. And I just think it's really fun. And this is the kind of game that, like, I went from being, like, passing interest in to doing a stream and being, like, I, this is going to be big. Yeah. And the game's already sold over half a million copies as of a week ago, probably way more by now. Yeah. Like, crap. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So it's going to it's it's going to reach a lot of people. Um, and it's, like, it's in a weird open beta thing now mm-hmm. that you, you can pay into huh. to get a bunch of stuff. But it's going free to play next year, I believe. So I think that if you want to wait, by the time you jump in, like there's going to be a billion things to do in this yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got this really cool sort of like a, like pinata minigame system mm-hmm. where you collect things and how well you do and how well you play. You collect cards that open up pinatas that you can smash open that drop guns and candy and all this other kind of stuff. Oh, my. Which is like <laughs> incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you have melee weapons and you bash it against these like really realistic, almost Viva pinata looking pinatas. Huh. Um, and you beat the hell out of them and crap drops on the floor and you pick them up and you get cool stuff. Yeah. There's there's an art into the like sort of... Uh, the sensation you get from opening up like a random chest mm-hmm. or like a loot box or something yeah. uh, in something like Overwatch or yep. this. And I, I feel like they're really nailing it with the aesthetic of the pinata. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is like we just talked about how randomized stuff doesn't work so well with some things. And th- I think for here it totally does. Like you can sort of – and the cool thing about this is there's a lot of different settings where the, the world can be randomized. It's not like Minecraft with just like yeah. Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Like there's like suburban areas where you can go into a, like a three-story house that has the entire front of the building ripped off and go upstairs and just – wreck the tv and mine it and then wreck the bathtub and mine it and just like loot everything and build something new out of it uh or you can be like in the woods or in a forest or in like a canyon and depending on the layout like there's a lot more verticality at play like we got really lucky uh, we were playing this level that just had like a bunch of different sort of tower hills and we built this vertical platform above them and the guys were trying to get up there and couldn't but one of our guys fell off and like Mm. fell down in the pit and we're like uh yeah, sorry, dude. It's not worth it. <laughs> like, there's, there's something yeah. really fun about that. Yeah. And yeah. I think if you play with the right people, um, it's really cool. Even if you play yourself with bots, like um, like I said about putting Max in the sniper mm-hmm. tower, mm-hmm. like you'll have to make those decisions on your own and build the right vessels and areas for people to hide in. Yeah. Like a sniper, if you put him in a tower and you wall him off on everything but one side, he's like, I got to shoot out of this way. So you kind of tunnel enemies his way, which you can do by creating sort of an intricate system yeah. of mm. that, and then put all that at use. So yeah. I think I think this works for people. I'm really excited to see what, what happens with this, because we're at a yeah. point when this game was first announced, uh, there was, you know, there was Minecraft, and there was like there was like Left 4 Dead, and I think we were seeing the beginning of like Daisy, maybe. Yeah. It was so, like, still very early on, but now we're at this point where these kind of like Sort of weird teamwork-based survival-y games, like we're you know like PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds is like a weird game where people 
are just kind of dropped on their own, and they're like, "What are you going to do? Go for it!" Yeah, it's yeah. what the most popular game on on Steam right yeah. now. It's the most, like, most popular non Valve game, game ever. ever. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and not coming yeah. to PlayStation currently, which pisses me off. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's annoying. Get on the phone. Yeah, Shuhei. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I love you. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to threaten you. Uh, I'm excited to see what what Fortnite does. I think it's yeah. also really cool that. Um, it has spent this long in development. I feel like they've been tweaking it and just really play testing it and trying to make something that does that does work yeah. in the wild. Um, and it's hard to do that without just kind of being like, hey, check it out. You know, but we've seen stuff like uh, you know, like Ark Survival Evolve, where yep. it's you know, it's it spends too long kind of in you know, early access or like public beta. Did you see the new the the full version of the game just got delayed again? And it's like, like, like what, yeah, it's, what is, it's tough, it's, right? It's yeah. cool to have, yeah, but it's I don't know. There's there's that sweet spot between kind of creating something in a vacuum and creating something for the masses and letting sort of too many cooks into the kitchen. Yeah, and I saw like some backlash against the pricing model for this thing and it's justifiable to a degree because this will ultimately be a free to play game, but literally everything becomes cheaper if you wait. Sure. For the most part, you yeah. know, especially video games, like very few of them get more expensive over time unless they're mm-hmm. like box sealed and especially now in the age of digital games yeah, yeah. and digital games especially if so i mean you wait a year you'll always get the game of the year edition. yeah totally yeah. <laughs> i mean I, we yeah. when we we spent like 120 dollars on battlefront and then we talked about it for a year and you can get that full game for like 15 bucks in certain sales mm-hmm. now and it's like yeah just jump in like that's how much it costs to get lunch in some places yeah know? i mean cds used to be 20 30 bucks yeah now they're like you, know, you got a goodwill like yeah a and it's yeah. easy like if if i don't know if you didn't sort of grow up playing games in the 90s and the early aughts it's easy to, to um, sort of disregard Epic as just like, oh, it's that team that's been making this game for years, and then all they do is make an engine. But it's like they made Unreal and Unreal yeah. Tournament, which were some of the biggest PC games of all time and some of the most influential games, especially multiplayer games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's great news that the game is selling so well, obviously, because that means they'll, the team will support it for a long time. And that honestly could have gone either way, mm-hmm. especially like you hate to see anyone work on a game for like three, four, five, six, seven, ten years, and then it just happens and disappears. Like you look at like The Last Guardian, right? I mean, obviously there was no version of that game where there was like DLC and stuff like that, but had it sold maybe five million, I mean, there'd be an entirely different conversation around it. Like, would we be getting a sequel to it? Maybe would mm-hmm. we be getting like, I don't know, a VR mission? Like, you never know, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that story, Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That story has been told, and it's over now. So, I mean, Fortnite's a different a different thing, and I think it's going to keep growing, and that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. I think also yeah. Epic has the, they have the luxury of like they do get a ton of money from the Unreal Engine being licensed yeah. out, and yeah. they're also, uh, I guess they're sort of owned by Tencent, the big Chinese mobile game yeah, company. Yeah. So they're like, they're kind of sitting pretty in terms of having some wiggle room to to develop stuff yeah. internally, I and hope. It, so. And it's done some awesome, they did uh, Robo Recall, Recall, the VR game, which is one of the coolest VR games that, that exists right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in other news, uh, Pyre. Yes. Is, yeah. uh, Marty, you want to talk about this? Yes. Did you get a chance to play this? Oh, yeah. I'm okay. like two-thirds of the way through this okay. story, I think. Oh, yeah. awesome. Go easy um, on spoilers. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go easy on spoilers because there is like a very cool thing that that turns yeah. the game on its head uh yeah we mentioned a brief castle get flipped upside down the entire pyre wow. yeah the pyre gets flipped <laughs> pyre backwards is Dracula. <laughs> um but the more and more like i play this game like it is so stupid to describe it this way but it's like a visual novel mixed with religious basketball yeah no <laughs> it it's a hundred percent yeah it is like yeah it's like sun, it's, you're half or i don't even know the split exactly it's probably less than half hold on you're Religious basketball? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the actual gameplay is jam, you compete but it has in the rights. Yeah. Max, don't, don't you have like a, a, a figurine of, of Jesus like dunking a basketball? Oh, yeah, I do. I have yeah. a toy of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> think okay. I put cable in there too. So <laughs> Think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. With a book. Yeah. The book. Wow. Yeah. It's called Nintendo Power. Yeah. And that's what the reader <laughs> reads. You don't know that because you haven't yeah. played Pyre yet. The re- yeah, reading yeah. is actually a big part of the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is fundamental. But the actual, the, the core gameplay is so fun and the strategy gets so deep. And, yeah. and if you play Bastion or Transistor, you understand the, the, the sort of depth that uh, Supergiant can go for. But the strategy of you, you choose three different characters to have on your ba- your religious basketball team and you face three different other characters in their religious Scotty basketball Pippen. team. Scotty Pippen? Yeah, Scotty uh, Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Michael Jordan. Really? Uh, no, they're <laughs> like various like fantasy characters. Yeah. But they're of like different like weights and speeds. So think... You're, you guys are not... You're not goofing. No. This no, is really yeah. a religious basketball yeah. game. One of them is named Sir Gilman and he is a worm from the sea. Yeah. And he's a knight. But all the characters have different forms of movement, different yeah. abilities to jump, different speeds, different strengths, different special 
special attacks, and each one, when you use them in the rights, you choose three to bring in. Those three level up more than the rest of them. Um, and the whole thing is, so there, there's the basketball and the hoops, and the only time, uh, you know, you can you can only move one character at a time, and when you get the basketball, you're tossing it back and forth, but when you have the basketball, you're defenseless. You can't use your attacks. And so what you want to do is kill the other team with a character that doesn't have the basketball and then try to get one of your players to get a basketball. It's a very hard game to explain. Yeah, yeah. Are you, uh, well, how, much, how much of what you're describing is just regular basketball? Because I'm not really a sports guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, the thing is, it's the the main thing about it is, is is that split of the basketball style, like NBA Jam three on three sort of thing. But then also a heavy part of it is the outside of that, where you are talking and learning about the world and the characters, and you're the, making dialogue decisions. The world of basketball. No, the world of these characters. Yeah. Yeah, and the rights. Yeah. Uh, but. The basketball game is called a uh, right. You're R-I-T. all you're all basically outcasts in this place called the downside, which is where people who have been kicked out of this nation called the Commonwealth now live, and yeah. you basically all are competing. In the yeah, it sort of feels like a, a purgatory, and the yes. way you get out of purgatory is by competing in the rights. You just have to shut up and jam. You have yeah. to shut up yeah. and jam. You yeah, just trouble yeah. in the windy. City. There's a lot of talk, you, but here's you your chance to do your dance at the. Yeah. At the, the that's basketball. how. Uh, Snake gets out of trouble in Escape from L.A. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, but you start to you grow very attached to certain characters. Yeah, and then yeah, you have to make these really tough decisions that like not only will influence the story going forward, but also influence the game mechanically and influence the religious basketball going forward. Stop! Please stop yeah. saying that. I don't know. That's just religious the, basketball. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, it's it sounds so dumb, but it is so good. I love it. It yeah. is so stupid. Well, is I this love from the, Super Giant? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why I don't they the call it Bastion Ball? ball. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what? What I was going to ask well, you guys, like, what if I wasn't? Is, Sorry, no, get through it. Well, I was going to say, like, in terms of Supergiant games, it's probably the least like Transistor and okay. Bastion. Like, those That's are much exactly more what I was gonna ask. of a piece than yeah. this, uh-huh. because those you are walking around in a world and exploring it. There are, there are clear, like, gameplay links, and you can see things like it. I remember distinctly in Bastion, it was like you could turn on specific things to make each level harder for yourself. There are things like that in this game yeah. for each of the battles. Yeah. But it's very much, this game is a much more, like, we're telling you're part of this world and we're building up the story and delivering these characters and this idea of this entire crazy world that I love. Whereas, but you're not really walking around it. Mm-hmm. You're more exploring it via uh-huh. the conversations. Okay. So, yeah. So I have a, I have a, just a huge issue with super giant games. It's, it's just a personal taste thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried so hard to like Bastion and, and transistor uh, aesthetically. I think they're really cool in the kind of their own separate ways. Uh, and then mechanically, I know there's like really deep systems there, but I feel like they're almost kind of disparate. Like the fact that they're like, oh, here's like, like Bastion, for instance, was uh, that wasn't that wasn't procedurally generated. That just had the world. No, pop no I mean, yeah, the world yeah, was yeah, literally yeah. being created yeah. in front yeah. of you. Um, yeah. It felt like there was it, that was kind of fitting because it felt like there was no ground there. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of they designed they designed the parts of the world that seemed most interesting, and the systems were there to have like a really just a solid gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, there was it. It's like a weirdly unsettling feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Like there was the, the the kind of the universe you're in is almost it's like almost abstract or surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just this kind of seems like more of the same because it's religious basketball. But I mean, if it's cool systems, then I mean, I feel like that. there's probably if the thing there for you with Transistor was that like it felt like the world was kind of on the periphery of it. Yeah. This is very much like the world and these characters are in your face a lot. more. Okay. Yeah. Like Bastion did keep you kind of removed with the case of the narrator. Like, mm-hmm. he's narrating that story right. to you about, and the character's called The Kid. Yep. Uh, like, yep. the st- storytelling in Bastion is very sparse, but here it is a focal point of the game, and for oh. me, it's the thing of, like, my bum- the bummer thing about it is that I can't walk around this world, like I was saying to Marty, yeah. and I think Andrew, like, yeah. I want to write short stories about some of these characters in this world because I'm like, I want more. Like, I want to walk around in that town that they go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my yeah. thing, is the fact that you are walking around in Bastion, and it just didn't feel like... Like there's a narrator going on about it, and it didn't seem like the world was actually there for it to be narrating. But in this yeah. case, if I'm my imagination's filling in the blank, like maybe that works. Yeah, yeah for me that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. because I, there's a ton. It's interesting. Yeah. I usually have the opposite effect with with game worlds that don't feel fully fleshed out, where I start to see through the seams, and it doesn't feel like true escapism to me. There's like a lot of a lot of old games where there's just like the background is just the JPEG, and you're like, yeah. oh, there's not actually like a mountain there. That's yeah. not real. <laughs> there's a lot of video games where like you are told the story or experience the world through cutscenes and through narrative and without actual exploration it sort of feels like you're like stuck in an elevator in a building that you mm-hmm. can't walk around in yeah yeah it's a little like don't think of it as open world in any way shape or form yeah. like yeah. witcher or dragon age or anything sure, no. but um 
everything that is there and the characters and what they all bring to the table and feeding into this main overarching story while simultaneously the more time you spend with a character the deeper you get into who they were and why they were cast out of society um so yeah you, you're sort of given the ability to focus on specific characters in a really interesting way like if you find someone interesting like pull them into your party talk to them more spend your time leveling them up when you have like a free night uh, and you'll be li- rewarded for yeah li- by learning more about it them. Li- feels a little bit like persona 5 in that respect where you are building up it's less confidence and more like you're going deeper and deeper into a specific character story when yeah. you do have a free moment and also just aesthetically like the game is gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. uh, Darren Korb who has been the composer for every uh, Supergiant game did the soundtrack too and I love yeah, it's it so good. like yeah. it's very specific too they have different tracks for each of the characters and sort of the different uh, teams of enemies you fight and it's all of a piece but can be very different in its sound and awesome. it is it is weird because you will there is like a standings like in the same way there is in the NBA where you yeah. fight the same teams in rights multiple times and oh. see what your win-loss record is. And if you lose a right, the story continues. And I totally recommend if you lose in this game to not restart, restart yeah. is because you to deal with your consequences in an interesting. interesting way. Yeah. Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah. 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 It sounds like a little bit XCOM too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where you have to like your story is sort of failure is a part of your story right, right. as yeah. opposed to, well, it's game over, but I'm just going to restart. It's obviously awesome. built into the dialogue that they've created, but it feels very cool to be like, oh, I messed up. And that character remembers that I messed right. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That rules. Yeah. Oh. Play Pyre. He's on Pyre. Boom shakalaka. Uh, NBA Jam. Anyway, from downtown, uh, Patapon. <laughs> <laughs> they remastered Patapon. <laughs> They're back. Those little, those little asterisks or whatever. The little, those little things. Those little marching boys. Do we have anything? Greg Miller doesn't host the show anywhere. hasn't hasn't hosted the show for like two and a half. No, but he's years. very, he's very excited for <laughs> yeah. Patapon. So uh, I how, played Patapon because he talked about it so much on this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got the magic touch. Yeah, I love Patapon, and I don't know. I think it is cool that this game that what hasn't had a new game in four, three, four, mm-hmm. five years still yeah. doesn't have a new one. Uh, still doesn't have a new one. Remastered, but I don't know. To me, this is like this was announced sort of at the same time as like Parappa and Wipeout and everything, and even Crash, where it's like, hey, I feel like a lot of these are proofs of concept of like let's test the waters. Like, are people still interested right. in this? And I feel like. With Crash, it was like, well, yes, people are clearly interested, so I would be shocked if we don't get more Crash down the line. Yeah. But like with Parappa and Wipeout, I don't think people are like, it's not really setting the world on fire, so I'm curious to see what yeah. this does. Well, yeah. even smaller PSP stuff like Loco Roco. And yeah, yeah. These two are like of a piece to me, where it was like really interesting, neat ideas that were super fun, but on a system that generally the public at large didn't have the access yeah. to that they do on PS4. Yeah, yeah. And- and this is a game like the art style still it was minimalist so it still holds up incredibly so like mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. Roko or sound shapes uh, yeah there's also a game did they, was there ever a mobile version because I just want a phone I want this on my phone I don't think so but it makes perfect sense yeah I mean if there was it wasn't the actual it was game. something it was bad. like yeah 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 but uh, all. yeah I think it's <laughs> I mean this is like a nice kind of like stand in for backwards compatibility or like a full library of of like classics to be like yeah. hey. Here, here we remastered it. It looks good. It plays, yeah. plays nice. Yeah. It's, it, it's probably like 20, 10 bucks, twenty bucks. Yeah, it still yep. plays like uh, like religious field hockey. There you go, mm-hmm. religious yeah. field hockey. Great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I don't think you're coming back. I'm not going to let you on the show anymore. <laughs> okay. Keep saying things that are maybe offensive, if nothing else, just really confusing. I think religious field hockey is the, that's my favorite sexual position. Oh, now it's offensive. <laughs> now it's ruined. Yeah, it. Real bad. It's, it's real bad. <laughs> All right. So uh, one game that is coming out for PSN this week is The Long Dark. Oh, it's um, like uh, religious long distance running. <laughs> it is nothing. It's not at all with that. The Long Dark is my favorite sexual position. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on. Beyond. No, it's, Stop that. Uh, uh, this is a game. This is a, like a first person survival, survival, survival game. Kind of yeah. not horrorish, but like you're in the wild. You're in like a plane crash or something. You're walking around the woods and, you know, trying to not eat your own legs or whatever. Oh, that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks gorgeous. It's very kind of like, it's uh, not cell shaded, but sort of painterly. Like I'd compare it to how like the, the Telltale's Walking Dead kind of looks like a little bit stylized, but mm-hmm. still like you can tell things are yeah. dark and gritty. It's like um, trying to survive in the wilderness in like the thing without the thing right. being out there. But there's like, like there's, wolves and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Might freeze to death. Yeah. Um, I, I remember hearing about this for ages and being like, why didn't like, did this just come out for, it just came out for, for PlayStation. Uh, but it was on Steam Early Access in like 2014. Years. Wow! Yeah. So I think it had that it had that same kind of misfortune that um, you know you get with with some early access games like for instance like Ark Survival Evolved yep. or whatever where it they're they're testing this thing and there's no there's no like there's no like boom surprise it's out it's there's no red carpet premiere it's just kind of this weird sort of slow rolling launch. Yeah, it's um, weird how rolling launch is the best way to describe yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of video game launches now where they just sort of like. 
putter out and then over the course of like two years it's like now available on everything yeah, yeah. and it's like well now it's really a real available game to yeah. buy yeah I'm, I'm really curious about this game like i i I did that thing where I'm like, oh, I'll wait until the the thing is it's, till it's finished, and then two years later I'm like, oh, it's out for the thing. I oh well, I guess I'll I'll play it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we saw stuff like like Don't Starve blew up. And yeah, that was big when it came to PS4 and everything. So I could see this game finding a huge audience. Yeah, uh, it does have a story mode also. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. called Winter Mute. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if the like sort of open-ended survival. Yeah, it isn't yeah. for you that it has yeah. that option as well. Awesome. It's also weird that they, you have this on there, they just announced that it's, there's a movie adaptation coming, which yeah, seems... Yeah, that was literally weird. this morning. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, Hinterland, the studio behind the game, announced that, hey, this is coming as a movie. There's no uh, director cast set yet. So it's uh, a video game movie. <laughs> but the, the creator of director of the studio put out uh, a statement in the press release saying that like his intention was always to create products that could span across mediums, and he's penning the script for the movie. Okay, that's uh, cool. And they also they created a short five-minute film called Elegy. Uh, starring Christopher Plummer, that was a proof what? of concept to give you an idea of what the like tone of this movie should be. Wow. It's it's directed by someone who's not attached to the movie. Christopher Plummer is not attached to the film, but the whole thing was like, if you want to know what this is going to be like, here's these five minutes. That rules. Uh, yeah. So you play as a plumber. Yeah, yes. that was originally Super Mario's name was Christopher Plummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think that's that's interesting. Uh, I haven't played the the story mode of this yet, so I don't know what it does to kind of set itself apart. But I put this in kind of the same category as something like. Um, I don't know, like a Call of Duty movie or like a Firewatch movie where you're like, well, it's 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 a Call of Duty cinematic universe. I just have to correct. Sorry. Around. Sorry. I apologize. It's the CODCU. Come on. Get it together, man. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but no, like it's <laughs> there's either either you have something that is entirely really focused and you're like you're taking a story and you're lifting it out of one medium into another or you have something where you're like it, it, it has the name, but it's really it's just it's got the same gun. Well, like it seems his intention was always to like be able to make these things yeah. be a TV show or movie. So yep. clearly, whatever story he was making, he had that in mind. Yeah, I mean, like there's plenty of movies where people are out in the ice and they're starving, and there's like you know there's wolves after them or whatever. Ice Age, Ice yeah. Age, too. Ice Age. Well, I yeah. mean, like ice there's three the melt. There's been weirder things to adapt into a movie. Like this makes more sense. We got an emoji movie this weekend. To me, emoji is just like I'm gonna hit the eggplant button when I'm too drunk to write penis. They made a movie. Out of <laughs> the eggplant button when I'm too drunk to write penis. They made a movie out of that 30 second youtube video called lights out oh yeah like it's a movie now it's two hours yeah yeah go see it so yeah this could be a great movie i don't it's the producer of resident evil's attached i don't know how i feel about that but uh yeah i'm curious about the game i think the game sounds more interesting to be like hey you know here's like you make up your own story Uh, yeah i'm I'm way more interested in sort of survival stuff than just straight up like oh there's zombies again like i'm fine with zombies i don't actually have the same fatigue a lot of people have with that kind of stuff but um, I I really like that sort of like lost in the woods, like have to craft to and hunt and gather to survive. Like, yeah, if, if that's really what's it, what it's all bringing together. Um, there was this game on the DS. I was actually going to Lost say in game. Blue. Yeah, did you play yeah, Lost? I in played Blue? Lost in Blue, dude. I bought it because of the IGN coverage of that game. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Those suckers. <laughs> yep, Craig Harris. Yeah, it's a it's not a great game. It's incredibly hard, <laughs> yeah. but it was like really interesting because you had like energy and health and stamina meters that you had to take care of and you had to like hunt and gather and make fishing poles and catch stuff and build shelter and it got very obtuse towards the end of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Like but it was almost impossible to beat. The but. basic idea of it, I, it wasn't like, a, I haven't really played any of those games before that. Yeah, they, like it was that, part of the Survival Kids series. Yes, yeah, yeah and it was it was a super interesting uh, introduction to that kind yeah. of game. same, yeah. same. Yeah. Um, they putting that in a movie as well with Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I'm in it. It's part of the this Christopher Plummer cinematic universe. Yep. Um, the CPC. <laughs> so another game, we've been talking about this kind of on and off for a while now. Dino Frontier is finally out this week. This yeah. is uh, PSVR, timed exclusive, from Uber Entertainment, who are the guys who did Wayward Sky, which is far and away my favorite PSVR launch game. That's, I would say, definitely the most, like, this is a game that is designed for VR. Yeah. It's also a game and not just a little funny experience. Right? Yeah, I think that was the first thing in, in, in VR that really taught me that VR is not just front and center something for first person experiences. Mm-hmm. VR is something that can take a third person like board game style approach or playing with toys and make it incredibly fascinating. I think that's arguably what is most effective. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think for um, uh, for PSVR especially it works really well because it works around the limitations of the controls and the sort of like that visibility bubble, that biodome that you're in every time you get in PSVR, yeah. you reach too far and your arms start like, like wiggling and yeah, jittering yeah. out and stuff like that. So this kind of this kind of defeats that. And Wayward Sky was really cool because um, it 
let you solve puzzles with this tiny little world that you felt like this kind of giant overseeing, felt like you're floating in the clouds. And Dino Frontier, we got to play at a PSX and again at E3. And it's just really beautiful and it's really well done. We didn't get code until very late, so I can't tell you how the final version stacked out. Definitely will by next week. But this is a game where you feed little tiny cowboys to dinosaurs, right? Yeah. So, so that's, a good, that's a good idea. It's really, yeah, it's really cool. It's sort of SimCity-esque yeah. where you pick up... Uh, you pick up dinosaurs and cowboys, and you have to make this sort of civilization between all of them. Um, and so you can put the – think about like sort of like Jurassic Park Builder, mm-hmm. but mixed with cowboy stuff. So creationism. Yeah, with cowboy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I get yelled at for saying religious basketball a bunch. Hey, he didn't cross it with sports, you sick mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, check this one out. It's really cool. Um and I really can't wait to to get through the full game because I think Wayward Sky probably took me about three to four hours to like really 100%. And that's what I kind of loved about it. I think that's the kind of sweet spot for PSVR stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, give this one a look. Um, and there's a couple more. Was it Tiny Tracks and another game I'm checking out on PSVR now that I'll have a better report on next week. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Lice in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Go make friends in there if you haven't already. Said, Yeah, it is. Want to fight? We'll do it. We can do it in the group. group. Get all down there with two sharp sticks and just beat the crap out of each other. Try it. All right. Any of the Beyond crew looking forward to Hellblade? Hellblade is, of course, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which is out in one week. Yep. This is from Ninja Theory, the guys who did Heavenly Sword and Enslaved and the, the Devil May Cry that everyone got mad at because they gave him the weird haircut. Oh, again. Uh, and we've been hearing about this for ages. I forgot it was coming out next week until a friend literally texted me this morning. I was like, hey, are you going to play Hellblade? I was like, right? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where did this, yeah. this like, okay. So yeah. tell me about this game. This was another game. I played at the, the Judges Week, which is a pretty three event, like two or three years ago. The same event that I played uh, Fortnite at. And it's a, uh, so think of Heavenly Sword. It's a third person action game, except the way it's presented, at least it was back then, is it's like, over the shoulder camera locked like Resident Evil Four, but it is a third person action game. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's, you, it's melee based, but you play this. Uh, that's mostly how I play Resident Evil Four. By the way, I shoot the knee and then and, and then you like, go up and give them roundhouse kicks and yeah, DDTs, those cool suplexes, diamond ballast stone cutters moves. <laughs> um, but you're you're you uh, you play this woman and you're in this sort of like weird mythological forest world that's a it seems like purgatory between heaven and hell and you're encountering all these weird forest gods and goddesses and like the story seemed cool, but watching the gameplay play out, I was like I don't know if the combat's gonna be any good, which is weird right. because the three right. games you mentioned before, Heavenly Sword, Enslaved, and DMC, all rely on really good combat. Mm. So yeah. what's really interesting about this, uh, this is. It's a hack and slash ish type thing. Mm-hmm. It is also very much about mental illness, mm-hmm. and they've always they've been very front and center about that leading into this about yeah. how like apparently some of the demons you're fighting are in this this character's head. I, I think it's Sen- Senua, Senua, yeah. Uh, and it's sort of like loosely, I don't just ambiguously mythological. I think it's sort mm-hmm. of Norse, sort of Celtic, sort of something else. Um, but yeah, I was watching a, a, a gameplay clip we have up on IGN, and it. It looks uh, looks a little obtuse. Like I'm really I'm very curious about it. This is these guys are have been uh, pitching it as like a triple A indie. This is their this is their baby. This isn't like there's no Capcom. There's no anyone else attached to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just I'm wondering. There's a part where uh, she's walking around and to unlock this gate, uh, there are these two runes on the gate, and you have to find those runes hidden naturally in the level itself. So it's sort of like this weird like. You know, kind of treasure hunt where you're you're supposed to ma- and at one point like you find this thing that looks like a weird kind of Iron Maiden R and it's it's like spelled out with rocks on the ground but you have to go up on a roof to find it and it it doesn't look like the most kind of enthralling way of solving a puzzle in a game mm-hmm. like I like I like weird funny shaped puzzles but then and they're like well then you get through this and there's like sort of a cutscene and then there's a, a a fight which uh, looks okay but I'm just I'm I could see this game going completely. Either way, yeah. Like yeah. either it is a complete letdown or a total like surprise sleeper hit that everyone falls in love with. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah just, I mean, their track weird. record. I 
I haven't played Enslaved, sadly, but oh, I good... yeah, it's the one I really need to get back to. But I love DMC, yeah. Yeah. I, and I wasn't like a Devil May Cry person, but I just thought the combat was great in that game. Sure. I had a yeah. blast with it. They make good games. Yeah. I thought the combat in Heavenly Sword was good too. It was, yeah. The camera was this thing that. It was just like this weird, it felt like a camera on a slider. Yeah. Where it was kind of locked to uh, walls. Yeah. And um, it was trying to do with, it tried to be too cinematic at a certain yes. point. Yeah. Which yeah. they, I mean, they got like Andy Circus to do mocap in that game and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. There was a, uh, there's a level in DMC that I thought was one of the most just visually inspired things I've ever seen, which is where you're basically on like CNN yes. graphics. Oh, yeah. And you're like, you're like inside Fox News, but you're like fighting a bunch of demons and you're yeah. jumping around on like infographics and like lower thirds. Yeah. And wow. I was like, where bring that back? Where's, yeah, we yeah. want. I want more of that. That was brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's it's just weird that, that that game is like sneaking up on us. A lot of people were asking like, "What do you guys think of it?" Like, what? Do, and it's like we don't really. There haven't been. This doesn't yeah. like. Whereas uh, I feel like games like Fortnite. There's certain games that have a long development cycle that we play very often. Yeah, at preview events or mm-hmm. at every PAX or something. And so you're like, oh, okay, I've, I've played this a ton. We have a bunch of a lot. Most of us have not played this, and I haven't played this in a long time. So, like, uh-huh. I want I want to totally try this and out. This is this is unusual. This is yeah. one of those games where they I think they like revealed concept art before they had anything to show off properly. Yeah. And then they did like a developer diary that had like gameplay nestled within people talking, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I mean, maybe this is what you get when it's like without the help of like a triple A AAA publisher yeah. push, pushing it. You know, like you don't have the marketing arm of it. I, mean, I don't even, the, I don't even know. the titles. Like everyone assumed initially that this was a tied to heavenly sword because it's hellblade mm-hmm. like yeah you assume that it's in the same universe and like no it's not it's just an, another yeah afterlife weapon <laughs> yeah. like, you're like okay uh so they've got a little logo thing in there like a little kind of rune which they've had on attached to this game for a while now but only recently did people start being that looks like a fidget spinner because it, it does it's oh it's, man that yeah sucks. No. yeah and i'm like i've seen people with like tattoos of this thing it's like you know three oh, no. spinner tattoos that well now they look like fidget spinner tattoos but you know hey just Got to do it on your neck. Yeah, spin your own neck. Um, Here's some good news. Persona 5 is getting an anime. Uh, Thank God. Crashing through a wall. Yeah, it is called Persona (laughs) 5 The Animation. It is coming out in 2018 in Japan. No word on localization. Uh, Yeah, there there was like a a prologue thing. There's Persona 5 The Animation. The Daybreakers, Mm -hmm. double colons, uh, which is a prologue that came out. uh, That's on Crunchyroll. So if you want to go see that. Marty, have you you watched that? Uh, I haven't, which I just... should I need to? Yeah, now, persona but, yeah, I'm a fake persona boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am all in for Persona Five, the anime, and then every Persona Five spinoff imaginable, like Persona Three and Four got. Yep. Like I always made fun of Andrew for playing. Like I'm like, you're gonna play this game where they just dance. You're gonna play this dancing game. Or and then you put a hundred hours in. And I'm like, <laughs> I want these men to dance. For yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> I want to play this game with the men yep, dance. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'd play like a snoozing simulator. I'd do anything. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I found myself kind of like wanting to jump into a backlog game. I'm still like grinding through Yakuza, which is I want it to just end at this point. I really love <laughs> that game, but it's just also like there's such long ass cutscenes, and I'm like I could I could jump back into Persona. Uh, I just kind of don't want to play a grindy game right now, you know? Mm. Like, yeah. And I, I I like the characters in Persona, and I like that there's a story, but I'm sort of impatient in this weird way. But I'm also like, oh, if they made like a Persona like OVA, like I could I could be down to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Summer's a weird time for games because it, it's it, you you want something that can just sort of like. I want something that's sort of all encompassing. Like I, I wish like a game like Horizon came out right. Yeah, because that, that's that's perfect. And I think about it, on PlayStation, I haven't played a game like Horizon since Horizon. I don't mean like exactly like Horizon, but something that's like a fifty-hour, really sort of meaty third-person action game. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get a ton this fall. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be all over Shadow of War and a yeah. bunch of others. Oh, dude, it's got Shelob in it. Yeah, the, the spider. The spider. Yeah. Oh, wow. The big spider. Man, for a dude who really liked the Shadow of Mordor, you don't know anything about Mordor. I was like, I was no. like kind of iffy about that. That's why I like Shadow of Mordor, <laughs> the sequel. And then they're like, I, I just saw it's like Sheila trailer, and I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna play the, I'm gonna play the crap out of this. <laughs> that's a weird nickname for Sheila Booth. Yeah, Sheila Booth. <laughs> that's not uh, the character voice by Camille. No, Sheila Booth. Um, no, I th- isn't Sheila in the game a woman? Wasn't that like a big I'm, thing? I'd be the big thing. It doesn't, it doesn't bringing talk. It really just goes... And like it makes that... Not oh, I think there was like anyway. a thing about it. They actually mo- they mo-capped a, very, a real spider. And they were like, they this woman has, only has two legs. We needed a woman with eight legs. Yeah. A huge, terrifying, big phallic stinger. And so they got... Really selling got, me on the spider guy. That's so they got spider. David Arquette from the film It Legged Freaks. You think so? You think yeah. they got him? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, How fast do you think he picked up his, his phone? <laughs> Quarter of a ring. <laughs> he picked it up so quick that he just it fumbled out of his hands into the toilet. <laughs> oh no, I lost it. Scream 5, is that yeah. happening? Anyway, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive yes. Age. Uh, is this just regular Dragon Quest Eleven? Yes, or? just what it's called in America. Okay. I just want to make a note while we were talking about weird Japanese things coming here next year. Uh, yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven, which just came out in Japan. This is like the new, 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 new really new. gorgeous PS4 mm-hmm. one. Yes, this is the one that just came out uh, like two or three days ago in Japan. Uh, they announced that it's full, getting fully localized and coming to the West next year. Is this, I think it's great because this, this game looks gorgeous. Yes, yeah. Toriyama's art style. I've always like wanted to love the Dragon Quest games because they they look like fantasy Dragon Ball basically. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. They're either they, I just don't get into them. Mm-hmm. I don't get hooked on them. And this one, this one looks like it's kind of open worldy yeah. and like actually I don't know if it's action RPG or is well, it yeah, I think it is a little bit more actiony than uh, than the other ones, and especially I mean because. Ten was an MMO, and so right, right. this is going back to single player. But I think it's pulling in some of the MMO stuff. Um, yeah, but next year between this and Dragon Ball Fighters, the year that Toriyama is coming. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm. I've just been watching like cutscenes of this online. It looks fantastic. So, um, yeah, it lets me hang out with those slimes real good. The slims, the slime time. Yeah, Ooh, is that what you call um, it? Don't call yeah. It so anyway, uh, now it's time for rapid fire. We hopped over to our Facebook group, which is groups.com slash net forward slash colon geocities. Definitely not really. Not, but it's Facebook.com com slash group slash uh, podcast beyond anyway angel fire is my favorite vegas magician that's actually an up, that's an upcoming ninja theory game it's gonna be very good uh, uh tommy ratliff says what jump in technology would you guys like to see in future consoles besides graphics this is a great great question man i can i can I, s- just go ahead um i was gonna say like one of the things i completely forgot about with the luxuries of this generation <laughs> is rest mode and how much of a wonderful like just like ease of ease of use thing that is. Yeah, uh, I would it's love great. just that kind of stuff, even even more streamlined. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I want. Um, I just want a really snappy UI. Mm-hmm. I feel like PlayStation. I mean, when you compare compare it to PlayStation Three and Vita, the PS Four is crushing it, but it's still like just a laggy mess of a system mm-hmm. sometimes. Like you go to click download game, and there's that please wait thing that pops up that you've all seen. For hundreds of hours, no one can explain why. Like, sometimes it's five seconds, sometimes it's five minutes. Uh, then you back out. Like, I went to the little TV button to click down to, like, Netflix and Hulu and stuff the other day, and it just, like, hung for eight seconds. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid thing to complain about, but, like, I mean, it's kind of why, like, I play a lot of Nintendo Switch, too, and obviously there's nothing on that system. So it's incredibly bare bones, but very snappy. But just moving around the UI there is clean, and, you know, it'll be filled with bloat in three years. Sure. Uh, but right now, like, I just want something like that. I want the store to not be, uh, like a vertical column of letters every time I search. That you have to type and you have to start at A and go Yeah, and like some weird upside down abacus. <laughs> Can we just get a section that's just the drop that just shows you all yeah. of the games, yeah. all the new games that just came out this week's games? Not sort like- them by the new, just have a button for this yeah. week's new games and not like games, more games. Sort by newest and games. Like eight of them are pre-orders. One of them's for a movie that's in theaters right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I love searching by letter, letter by letter. Yeah, the yeah. Name of yeah. a game. It's yeah. That's the kind of stuff. I when, when when we were like, all right, well, this generation is not going to be the sort of like seismic leap that we thought it would be. They're going to make up for it with everything else, and in many ways they did. But like the system is still a very slow, laggy mess yeah. when it comes to a lot of very fundamental things. Like to be able to change our PSN names. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I gave up on that one. They're, they're going to need a whole new processor for that. There's going to be no backwards yeah. compatibility. Yeah. It's going to be real rough. They gotta, they're got to. going back to the cell processor. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, they, they, goofed, yeah. they were like, yeah. no, no. Was that like, was actually yeah. perfect. Yeah. 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 Up, yes. At this point, you're dying at age 90 with Bungle Dung 69 for the next year. <laughs> Sora 2792 for the rest of really? my life. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. You sore about it? Yeah, I played. uh, I was in New York over the weekend on my flight to and from. All I did was play uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and I'm almost done with it. Mm -hmm. I beat the fourth Divine Beast. I got the Master Sword. I did Eventide Island. Um, But that whole time, I'm like, man, I'm going to finish Zelda. But I wish I could play Nier on this plane. I wish I could play Pyre on this plane. I wish I could play Yakuza on this plane. Like, Mm -hmm. I really do. I don't want everything to become the Switch. I still think I'm primarily going to play my games at home. But that being said, it would be so nice to be able to just play these games lag-free, hassle-free on a gorgeous screen. Yeah, and I have a feeling that, like, I mean, so 
the cool thing about the video game industry, and this is reductive, is that everyone steals from each other mm-hmm. and that no idea is original. Sure. And that when something gets big enough, everyone is sort of forced to do it even just momentarily. Like you look at motion controls, which ultimately didn't really pan out. We're not really using them for anything outside of VR these days. But Sony saw what was going on with the Wii and they jumped on it, right? They made move controllers and then Xbox made Connect and all this other stuff. I have a feeling like... That's why I'm excited about the Switch on behalf of Sony is that if if it gets so big that you absolutely cannot ignore it, Sony is going to come out with a version of it that's five times more powerful. Like that's what they do. They make the most powerful handhelds on earth and they'll make the portable PS4 that you can bring anywhere. Yeah. And that's – Really exciting. Like I, yeah. I don't it's, know if it'll happen. Yeah, it's but, also not. It's not insane to think about it because we did have. There was like the, there was the original PlayStation, and then there was like the little tiny baby one yeah, that had like yeah. a, a snap-on thing. And this was at a time where like rechargeable batteries were not standard. There was yeah. no such thing as USB, or if there was, it sucked. And like now we're at a point where everything is rechargeable by familiar cords and plugs, yeah. and <clears throat> LED screens are cheaper than ever. And it, there are things that are possible now that are like, I mean, the Vita could have been that if they. Tried a few things differently. But. Yeah, and I think because the Vita was uh, in like a completely different piece of tech than the PS4, you had a massive disconnect with the games that were being developed for it, and that most people ended up just playing like 2D JRPGs <laughs> and like, you know, like kind of like whimsical indie games. And the AAA Call of Duties didn't work out because yeah. they had to make something from the ground up. The like the kill zones felt like they were great and the God of Wars and stuff like that, but they were like smaller versions of their bigger brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think getting, not even bridging that gap, getting rid of that gap entirely and just making one system that works everywhere. Uh, and I think with like cloud saves and cross play and all that kind of stuff, I think Sony's like, they're poised to do it better than Nintendo can mm-hmm. because Nintendo right now, like if, if I lost my switch, my Zelda file is gone. Whereas on Sony, I could just download it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, let's imagine that there's we've already got the you know the PlayStation Four Pro, we've got the regular one, and there's the Slim. Like, what if towards the end of the, the console's life cycle, we get something that's I don't know the size of a like a VHS tape that has a screen you can buy separately that snaps on that has a battery pack that can run for three hours or whatever. Yeah. And it's all solid state, so there's not like a bunch of fans and stuff spinning or whatever. Like, well, that's the, that's the thing too. So like, cool. I realize is I I don't really need more than three hour battery life, and if I do, I just bring an external battery yeah. and a cable. Yeah. Like, if I'm in a situation where I fly cross country, which I do like every three weeks at this point, like I just bring a battery with me. Also, and, most flights I've been on, like my flight yesterday, had a power outlet. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. It's good you know, to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really want a Vita two in that sense. I want just a yeah. I want a PlayStation four pocket. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that would be go. really Nailed cool. Yes, four Yeah, as as for what we want. Uh, with future consoles, aside from portability, I just think like getting rid of loading times, like whatever yeah. that means, if they're if they're hidden. I mean, we've gotten so close with that where now it's like you play Horizon or Uncharted or GTA or whatever, and it's like it loads the overworld, and then the rest is kind of happening in the background. I think what you said is really important. If they're hidden, yeah, and I think that mm-hmm. that's that should be sort of a, a industry standard is that loading times will always be there in some way, but just don't say loading. With a big bar, like give me something to play or something to look at. Like there was that, there was a while there. Where I think it was was it Namco that like they copyrighted the right, yeah. the right for like a loading screen yeah. mini game, and then they didn't use it for anything good. Yeah, yeah. they were like, oh, it's a Dragon Ball. Where you're loading this fight scene, and you just fly around in a cloud and collect yep. Dragon Balls. And you're like, you know, there's only seven, right? And they're like, no, let's keep getting them all. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get them all. Um, Carlos Imoro says, did any of you guys get a PlayStation TV, either the television unit or the console? Uh, yes. <laughs> I got one that were crazy cheap. How did that work out for you guys? No, I never, I got it because I was like, someday I'm going to own a second television and I don't. Well, that, so that's the little, that's the little box that plugs in. Yeah. So my issue with that was I got one for dirt cheap in one of those like new egg deals or something mm-hmm. where they're like 17 bucks and it uses Vita memory cards, which are a thousand dollars. And so it didn't happen. Right. Um, it's also like. I think it's the kind of you would have to have like a very like if in my apartment the Wi-Fi signal strength wasn't great enough to send a signal from my PS4 to the TV in the other room and sort of like Chromecast through yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got it working with very I, with like sound shapes, sure. which is like a rudimentary you know simple 2D platforming game. But for something like Uncharted, like no way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Andrew Goldfarb said, like he loves his because he was able to get he got a Vita memory card for cheap, and then he somehow that sounds like a lot. Some d- so deal only four hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, yeah. yeah. twenty twenty gig. Yeah, and uh, he was able to like basically stream a bunch of Vita games onto his TV 
through his bedroom yeah. from the other room, which is like kind of awesome with a, with a PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it was like is one of those things. It was a half step. It was so yeah. close. Didn't really work out. If you can if you can get one for cheap and you can get a memory card for cheap and you're you have like a bunch of routers in your apartment <laughs> and you're in that weird edge case, like give it a go because I think you can. I, you can find them for like I, I got mine for like sixteen bucks yeah. or something yeah. like that. Same same here. I was yeah. gonna say like I have it hooked up downstairs and I'm like I want to play all my favorite Vita games that I don't already play on my Vita. Yeah, and yeah. that I can fit onto this like onboard memory of which like is like five hundred and twelve megs or something. Yeah, I don't like even that. think it was that much, was yeah. it? It's, yeah, I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah, it's it's not a lot. Um, but I haven't even tried the, the remote play stuff. I might I might try that out. But I then think I, I went to download Uncharted on it. It was like nope. Can't do that. And I was like, really? Yeah. That's like one of the five <laughs> games you think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Will Fournier says, will Days Gone be more successful than The Last of Us? Oh, no. 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 The Last of Us is it's its own it's its own thing. It was like that was – I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be constantly compared to that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be like more technically ambitious. I think there's going to be a lot more like – I mean, it's an open world game for starters. The um, Last of Us is one of – the most special games to sell a millions of copies because mm-hmm. um, people uh, identify that game with emotion, mm-hmm. which I don't think you really get from a lot of like AAA blockbuster mm-hmm. big you know big yeah, exactly. sure. Oh stuff. well, you look at the big the best selling games. It's Call of Duty and Madden and yeah. GTA and Minecraft and yeah, like, which you're never really like. That made me feel something. I yeah. mean, the music in Minecraft makes me sad, which is a feeling. Yeah, but I'm like, I, there's something about. There's something about The Last of Us that, like, you think that there's emotional resonance with that game mm-hmm. that I, I've yet to get from Days Gone. I think that's yeah. going to be a really fun video game. Like, I, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that game. But at best, like, you have this connection between the main character and, what, his daughter. And then you hope... His motorcycle. His motorcycle. His daughter yeah. passes away. A lot, of, a lot of motorcycle guys call their motorcycle their uh, daughter. It's actually a loco-cycle people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I see it selling well, though. Yeah, I mean, I want it to be good, and I hope it's good. It's just I I remember the first demo that I saw for Last of Us when it was on stage at their yep. E3 press conferences. Whoever, I forget who was standing on stage, but they were playing, and it was uh, Joel going through that sort of like the office apartment yeah. building, and he's like taking out guys and having to deal with all that, and it is super intense, and you feel in that moment with that guy, and then he drops the controller and like walks off stage. Yeah. Like, I still remember that demo vividly, mm-hmm. whereas I remember the Days Gone demo of being like, Oh, they opened and closed the show with that game for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of bodies on screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want it to be cool. And I've everything I've seen, I'm interested. But it didn't hit me in the way that... I mean, that's the, the thing. Is comparing to The Last yeah. of Us isn't... It isn't a knock against Days Gone. It's a praise against... Or a praise for The Last of Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, I... I kind of wish that it was leaning more into the badass side of things as opposed to like the emotionally wrought, like, angsty things. You know, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... I think it's going to be, put it this way... Days Gone is going to be more Walking Dead and less The Road. Like it's going to be, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. totally. There's going to be, there's going to be emotions and stuff there, but it's going to be also like, yeah, you're going to set Far Cry booby traps and set the zombies out, and they're going to eat the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I wonder, um, I wonder where this game would sit in a world where there wasn't The Last of Us Two announced. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I think, I think it would have, it would have a, a much more sort of clearly defined role in the universe of video games, whereas it right now it feels like kind of a holdover until The Last of Us yeah. Two. But yeah. again, they're both doing different things, and I'm excited to play both. Yeah, well, yeah. Last of Us Two is coming out for quite a bit. Yeah, uh, Brennan Muniz says, at this point in time, would you recommend a PSVR? Not really. Like it sucks to say it, but like it's kind of it's really unclear what is happening with that. Well, what did we spend like all last fall and Christmas saying? Right, we kept saying like check back in. By summer of next year, yeah, like maybe if it has this like big robust library and third parties are all over it, and it's not there. We are, it's I mean, we not. are getting like a place to or a Final Fantasy fishing game. We're getting, we're getting Skyrim. We're getting yeah. some other weird little. We did get a showing for it at E three, which is yep. good. Yep. Uh, but it also it, again, we've got this weird problem of finding move controllers. People are having a, a, no problem finding the physical units. People were t- texting pictures of it at like you know Walmart and Target to yep. us finally, uh, which is good. It's that it's out there and you can buy it. You still have to find the camera. And the move controllers, sort of a weird like like fetch quest, you know. Yeah, like and one, then, one and item for your potion is too hard to track down. Yeah. And then once you're there, like I mean, there's they. I I still think that they they haven't really done the best job of communicating. These are the big games this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to sort of relegate yourself to digging around and and really falling in love with cool, quirky little indie games. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dino I, Frontier is coming out this week, and 
you told me that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the the PlayStation blog said that. I didn't yeah. find that out through anything else. You know, there's no there's no little ping on my dashboard being like, hey, there's new new VR games out. You can go check them out right here. It's like, it's like, hey, PlayStation Now. I'm like, hey, uh, delete. Yeah. That said, I think <laughs> don't want that there. I think that said, I think there's a lot of really awesome experiences on it, yeah. and yeah. if you can get one. I don't know, refurbished or on the cheap or off Craigslist without getting stabbed. I think you should, you should get one. Like, I but what I can't say right now with any sort of like confidence is what this system is going to look like in six months or a year. Yeah. You know, and that's like when you buy into a PS4, you're buying into a system that is going to last you for five, ten years. Yeah. Maybe. When you buy into a PSVR, like. We had a bunch of really cool stuff at the end of the year last year. We had Resident Evil 7 at the start of this yeah. year, which is like, you know, one of the coolest things ever done in VR. But from here on out, like, you're looking at cool stuff like, you know, Moss, you know, which is like yeah. an adorable game about a mouse. But yeah. I'm going to yeah. play it. Max is going to play I'm it. I'm very excited for that game. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's really what you're looking for, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't know right now. There's a new Battlefront coming out. We don't know if there's like a VR component. We haven't heard anything about that. You know, there's a couple of yeah. little like mini game things like the final fantasy thing yeah dude, like, like it feels like it feels like a very specialized piece of kitchen equipment like it's a, it's it's a fancy appliance versus a, a necessary appliance like yeah. a ps4 yeah. is a microwave yeah. it is a yeah. thing that will cook anything you throw at it and occasionally you're yeah. like don't put that in there it'll explode and, or until like bad but the uh the vr is like a juicer or something or like a like a, a it's spiralizer so it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like do you drink a lot of juice yeah, and, yeah and so like not, yeah. not to keep like evoking the nintendo switch because it's a playstation show but it is a newly recently wildly successfully announced and launched console of video game hardware in the wild and i think there's things to learn from it and i think the way third parties have a wait and see approach with nintendo stuff and justifiably always have because sure. their stuff doesn't sell well there um there's that period of like we have to see if this is fundamentally worth it for our business. And Nintendo came out and supported it super strong at the start. They said, we have this, 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 and this. And they all became million sellers. And even stuff that you could port over is doing well. And then you start getting stuff like Skyrim. And you get all these other third-party announcements slowly trickling out. We got a thing from Capcom the other day being like, you know, uh, this uh, Street Fighter, Ultra yeah. Street Fighter sold half a million units. And it's like a, a port, basically. So now they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to they're gonna put it. So now they're pushing yeah. everything on there. And I think that we missed that chance with PSVR. I really think that like they had a Sony had to really push hard in that first six months to a year, and it didn't really happen the way it was supposed to. So the wait and see approach has now waited, and now we're seeing that it's not panning out the way people thought it would. And part of that was the supply constraints. Part of that was there wasn't really just a lot of AAA software at the jump. Um, well, and part of it is also just VR's place in yeah. gaming right now. It yeah. is still very nascent, and yeah. we don't know what the future looks like. And a lot of VR companies have talked about how they're like, they knew this was not going to be a zero to a hundred success totally. sort of thing, but it's how long do we have to wait for it to be more ubiquitous? Do we have to wait till this fall? Do we have to wait for three falls from now? Like yeah. what is that time? And PSVR sold well, right? Yeah, but I still don't own one and like I will look at it again. It's pretty much like every fall I'll look at it. Like yeah. when sales start to come up around Black Friday, I'll take a look and it's like there, there are a ton of experiences I'd love to play on there, but nothing was like I need to own this extra $300 yeah. worth of yeah. equipment. Well, we saw that thing around um, Amazon Prime Day, right? Where yeah. Oculus dropped to like 300 bucks yeah, with, and you with got controllers the and everything. Controllers, yeah. Which is a tremendous deal. And and that, I think, reignited a lot of excitement around that platform. And we haven't seen anything like that with PSVR. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I don't think PSVR is going to be PlayStation's virtual boy, but I don't even know if it'll be their Vita at this point. Yeah. You know? So it's it's in a really interesting spot. It'd be really cool if they made it so that it was compatible with, with PC. Like if they were just like, hey, yep. Yeah, yep. it it goes both ways. You yeah, plug it in there and you know do weird you know homebrew stuff. Yeah, I think it just really it really needs to find its voice. It needs to find what it needs to be. Yeah, uh, Jim Sahota writes, "What's the last concert you went to? Will any of you be at the Kendrick Lamar concert at Oracle or in San Jose?" I wish I didn't know he was performing there. He's performing just for Jim. Oh, yeah, yep. it's one on one. He's like, "Are you guys going to my private Kendrick Lamar concert?" He's going to pop Damn. out of a birthday cake. Lucky Marty, what's the last show you went to? Uh, you. I don't know. You saw right. you. I saw I love that group. My favorite finish. Ah, it was relatively recent. I can't remember. All right, Dornbush. Uh, I haven't been to a concert since I've lived out here. Uh, Same. In New York, I think the last bands I saw were the Gaslight Anthem and the Kills. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I stopped going to concerts when A, I got to a certain age, and B, I moved to California. I, I didn't grow up with like, like I, I went to hip hop yeah. shows like two or three nights a week in New York yeah. City, and I moved out here, and it was just like, 
hey, you guys want to see E40's cousin? And I was like, not really. Yeah. So I yeah. just went to bed. C40. Yeah, I went to a went to a winery and saw Andrew Bird, who's like a like a folk violinist, and it was it was nice, but it was at a winery, and I'm like, I feel old. <laughs> it was it was also like being on Big Little Lies. There's a bunch of like weird like Monterey moms getting wine drunk and like touching somebody's leg. Yeah. Just, I guess I didn't think of it because I was thinking like a performer musician, but I did it, at E3. I did go to the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah there is that. Where, oh yeah, we went to the Zelda Symphony. Right. <laughs> yeah, dozens of amazing musicians. Yeah, we got we got mom beautiful. drunk there. Oh, yeah. yeah, very mom drunk at the yeah. Zelda Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> I threw up on a princess. <laughs> I did not throw up on a princess. I go to more comedy shows these days. I mean, Same. in terms of like, because yeah. you can sit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just put that in there, obviously, because I was, I was curious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that is our show for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us and hanging out and having a good time. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian, you are Agent Bizzle. That's you right. are J.M. Dornbush. Mm-hmm. And you are McBiggity with two G's and two yeah. T's. Uh, of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. And that Facebook group, one more time, is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Anything else we want to touch on real quick? No, that was great. You no, did a great did intro it? there. Is that it? We're yeah. done? That's it? Cool. Ooh, ooh. Check out my mummy pan. It's a pan that looks like a mummy. Slam dunk basketball. Yes. Relig- From downtown. Religion. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I, what are you yeah. supposed to do at the end of the show? I think we can go home. Beyond. You just stop beyond, beyond. it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.